This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at mid-kansas-online.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5, snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop the age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh, oh, are you serious? Slam jam back! Get him ready for the NBA Duncan contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson and maybe the most paranoid man in McPherson, <laughs> Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, we had a fun night of basketball last night. It was a great night for K-State fans. There's also been some big NFL news today. It's a busy, busy Wednesday. Sometimes this is a little bit of our slower day, but we've got a whole lot of stuff to talk about today. We're recording this a little bit early because I'll be hitting the all schools day meeting a little bit later on this afternoon but Steve fun night of basketball last night whenever you pick up two wins over Bueller it's always a good night yeah and then you get done at about 8:40 you know even with a big halftime ceremony it was just a great night it was one of those warm fuzzy feel good nights uh they raised about uh, what was over $7600 $7600 for uh, uh women and children combating cancer a lot of pink in the stands uh a no stress win for the girls uh, really got up and down. They're they're just so much fun to watch. The boys did their usual thing. They slumbered for three quarters, and then when it was time to flip the switch, they did. I don't know how many more times they can keep doing that. Uh, <laughs> you know, you'd like to flip the switch a little earlier, but as long as they find a way to get it done, uh, I think that's 13 wins in the last 14 games for the boys after their 0-3 start. Arc City lost last night, which helps the Bullpups. Uh, Arc City all of a sudden starting to really tank. That's a team that uh, is now below the Bullpups. We were chasing them. Uh, for a while, I think. Well, I think they have four losses now. Is that correct? I believe they're twelve and four. Twelve and four. So they're actually tied. But the Bullpups would be a half game ahead. But uh, anyway, just a great night at the Roundhouse and uh, great crowd. Uh, I know Bueller brought a ton of people and give Bueller credit. It felt like a Friday night. Yeah, it felt like a Friday night. It was. Uh, it was probably 80% full and uh, uh, just just a really fun night uh, heading into what a. It's supposed to be a monster weekend, but again, the weather the weather forecast is not good for Friday and Saturday. And that is our new big development coming into this weekend. And we'll talk about it a little bit later on this week, but there are anticipations of a lot of snow in Lawrence, Kansas. Well, and five, five that to, could be the the determining factor of what happens this weekend. And five to eight inches in Lawrence on Saturday. And the thing that will go into this is, number one, are the Bullpups willing to make the trip? Because they're traveling further than any other school. Pittsburgh will be there, but that's a little easier trip for them. It's straight up Highway 69, and then you cut over into Lawrence. While the Bullpups, it's a a two-and-a-half-hour trip. And the thing that goes into this, number one, is 
If the Bullpups cannot make the trip to Lawrence, let's say the weather is just extremely bad, you lose a game. Right. Which, I mean, they could try and reschedule it, but I just don't see how because we're heading into They would have to schedule it before Wednesday. Right. For it to count for sub-state. Right. Which, for these teams, if they go to Lawrence and win, it would be a real bummer to lose out on this game. Right. If they lost... It would be a good thing for seeding, yeah. which is the, the prisoner's dilemma of this, I guess, right. is that it makes it hard to decide what to do, and the Bullpups will want to play these games. Sure they they want to make them happen as much as they possibly can. So this is going to be an interesting decision when it comes to this weather this weekend. Plus, it's not like it's just the Saturday, Saturday games that they're worried about. They're going to play on Friday night on the road, too. So you're going to have two big road games this weekend. And... There's freezing rain in the forecast for Friday. Oh, so great. We, we don't know if we're even going to get the Friday game in. Phenomenal. And that is the problem when you get here into the month of February. We saw it last year, this almost exact same week, Augusta. as the Bullpups were scheduled to play at Augusta. The weather was not good that night. They also had a game postponed with Circle, which then got moved around a bunch of times, and then they eventually played it. But that's the weird thing about the end of these seasons is you don't have as much time to make it up. And when you get in a sub-state, that could be the difference, whether you have 12 wins or 13 wins or, at or, this point, 15 or 16. Or one loss and two losses. Right. So as we keep moving forward this week, we will try and keep you updated with what the plan is for making the trip over to Lawrence because I'm sure there's a lot of McPherson fans that are ready to make their trip east to watch the Bullpups play in Lawrence, similar to like what we saw with Bishop Miege last year. But we'll keep you posted with that. Looking back at last night for these McPherson teams, like you mentioned, Steve, the McPherson girls, last night's game is one that you can point to and go, this is a team that is so much fun to watch. And we've said it a few times that it's a team that has fun playing together, but last night was one of those nights that you start to look ahead with this McPherson girls team and start to think, wow, what's their ceiling? What's the best that they can do? Because last night, they were on their game. They were shooting it well from three. They make nine three-pointers. They were turning Bueller over like crazy as they finished with 27, I believe, on the night. This was just a fun win for this team, and it shows you what they can do. And I think they're going to show a lot of teams what they can do later on this postseason, but it's just a, f a fun, fun team to watch. And, man... It makes me so excited to watch them because every time they take the floor, you just know that they're going to be great. And the thing is, I love the ball movement, the extra pass. I mean, there was one play. They had 20 assists. Yeah, there was one play. Riley Hett was open, was just getting ready to take the three. She caught Lakin. She freaked out the corner of her eye, zipped it to Lakin. Lakin knocked down the three. Riley Hett had like seven assists last night. She really passed the ball well. 7.7 .7 assists, I think, was her line. Uh, did a really good job. And nobody played more than 20 minutes last night. Yeah, yeah, and that's good when you have, a, you know, three games in one week. That that game is what the Bullpups really needed. They needed a no-stress game where they could really play their bench. And, and again, I think uh, uh, this is going to sound crazy, and this is no disrespect to Bueller, but uh, when you look at the Bullpups' the second five, they probably could have beat Bueller or at least been highly competitive. I, I still think they would have beat them because that second five is really good. And that's not a shot at Bueller. No, not, in no that way. Is a that is a compliment to, to the second five. Yeah, to the depth. I mean, when you had Emma Ruddle coming off the bench last night, you got an Andrea Sweat coming off the bench. Uh, Cassie, or no, not Cassie. Yeah, Cassie Cooks came off the bench last night. J.C. Burghardt, 
Uh, I'm missing a couple. Megan Eisenbart. Have you thrown in Cassidy Beam? I have not thrown Cassidy Beam in there. So the you know they are, they're suiting up eleven right now because Emma Mom's out for the year with an injury. So they suit up eleven, and uh, all eleven can play. They can really play. So the McPherson girls are now sixteen and one on the season. They've won fourteen games in a row, and I think they're really starting to hit their stride. Now the Winfield game, it wasn't their best performance, but they've just been so good defensively. And when you can be that good defensively and turn teams over, it puts you into this position to have a chance to beat everybody that you play. And I just pulled up the 5A West substate standings for the first time this morning. May South is 17-0. And due to some tiebreakers, Steve, the Bullpups have actually jumped up into the number two spot. Okay. There's things like offensive average and defense point differential. And I think it goes first head-to-head. Right. And because the Bullpups have not played Goddard, they haven't played Mays South, they haven't played Wichita Heights, haven't played Mays, no Bishop Carroll, pretty much no teams until about the eight line with Andover Central have they played any of them. And right. then it goes, I believe, the offensive average per game, and then it's average defensive per game if that is still tied. But the Bullpups have moved into the two spots. With Goddard right behind them at 16-1, Wichita Heights is sitting at 16-1, and maybe the most important team to avoid right now is May South because they've been playing so well. So as long as you can stay on the opposite side of the bracket from them in terms of getting to state, I don't know exactly how they translate things to the state tournament. I think that they probably reseed. But the Bullpups are putting themselves into a really good position right now. They really are, and the thing is, all the power other than St. Thomas Aquinas, is in the West. And we're going to see that St. Thomas Aquinas team on Saturday, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to see them. But uh, uh, the power in the state is definitely in the West this year. I don't even know who the second-best team in the East is. Blue Valley Southwest. Blue Valley Southwest. And I'm told they're not as good as their record. So the power is in the West. So the Bullpup girls are putting themselves into a great position, as, as are the McPherson boys. And, Steve, they're now 13-4 and four on the season, and like you mentioned, they've won 13 of their last 14. And last week at this time, I went back and looked in the McPherson record books, as Coach Kinneman keeps a very detailed record book, and started to look at how many times over the last 10 years has his team put together a stretch like this. And at that point, I believe it was 11 out of 12, and I think I even pushed the number to 12 out of 13. How many times his team has won, at one point in the season, a stretch of 12 out of 13 games? Whether that is winning 12 in a row, whether that is a true 12 out of 13, or whether it's losing a game early on in the year and then winning out. And in 9 out of their last 10 seasons, they have had a run like this. 12 out of 13, 13 out of 14, and, and sometimes winning 16 games in a row, 18 games in a row. And I think maybe that's one of the most impressive things about these McPherson teams is they find ways to start playing well at the right time. And because of the way that they can play, and let's be honest, because of the way their league is set up, they have a chance that if they do some damage in the McPherson Invitational in their own tournament, that if they play well and if they are all peaking at the right time in January, they can have a run like this. And it's so impressive that they continue to do this over and over and over again, even on what some people would say is a down year. And for one thing, they dominate the league. They never lose. It's like KU at home. You know, KU just doesn't lose at home. And the Bullpup boys have not lost in Division Three 
since they entered it. I, what is the streak? 66 now? 65? I believe it's 67. 67? Because they're 8-0 this year. Okay, they were 59-0 coming into this year, so 8-0 in the league. So they've won 67 straight against Division three teams, and that helps the record a lot because that's 10 wins right there. So the Bullpup boys, they're 13-4, and four, and as we look ahead to what they need to do, Coach Kinneman would say, look, we've got to play like we do in the fourth quarter of games through the first three quarters, but there's something about having that ability to turn it on whenever you need to. And sometimes you'll see that from some confident athletes. I, I, I'm trying to think of a good comparison off the top of my head. But one of those players that when things get going tough, that they find ways to muscle up, go get you a basket, it's very impressive to see them turn it on whenever they need to. Now, it would be nice to do that in the first quarter and put yeah. games away early. Yeah. But there is something to be said about being able to, whenever you need to go get a basket, whenever you need to go get a stop, being able to do that. And that's what this McPherson boys team has. Well, last night was the third game in a row where they really have kind of struggled for three quarters and and then man just turn it on. It was a what was it, twenty to what was it, twenty to seven last night or twenty to eight something? Twenty to eight in the fourth 20 quarter. Twenty to eight. It was twenty to seven uh, against Winfield. Uh, the El Dorado game, I think we scored like 24, 25 points in the fourth quarter. So it just seems like when this team gets pushed, they focus a little harder, they get the ball to the right people, and they get the job done. And one of the things as we look forward to the top of 5A West, and Coach Kinneman talked about it with me in his pregame taping on Tuesday afternoon, saying that, look, there are all these teams that are in front of McPherson right now or right in the chase with them. And they all play such tough schedules for the rest of the way. And so he goes, there are probably losses out there for some of these teams. While his team, if they could play well, and especially if they could find a way to win on Saturday at Free State, then they put themselves into a position to maybe jump some of these teams and move into that fourth spot. And yesterday, I think on the show, we were talking about how Wichita Heights had almost cemented itself into a three spot. All of a sudden, they're back into the mix as they're sitting at 14-4. and four. Mm-hmm. McPherson is 13-4, and four, and if they can pick up one more slip-up from Wichita Heights, then who knows what can happen. This is going to be one crazy race yeah. for that final four spot or potentially the final two spots in between, 5A West. Between now and next Wednesday, I think the win- seeding comes out Wednesday or right. Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, it's, there's there's a, going to be a lot of movement. There's a lot of movement because a lot of these teams play each other. And then you look at some of the jockeying that will be going on at that that second cut line where the teams that can play at home for their first game, teams like Newton, teams like Goddard Eisenhower, teams like Arc City. You throw in an Andover in there who McPherson lost to earlier this year. Right. There are so many teams that can be a problem. Right. And that is what's going to make this next two weeks so interesting and in trying to figure out where they will be. But the thing that we keep saying for both of these teams, if you can play sub-state championship games at home, inside the roundhouse, especially for the girls and the boys on a Friday night of that championship level, Friday night for the girls, Saturday night for the boys, inside the roundhouse, it's a pretty intimidating place for opponents to come play. It really is, because when it comes sub-state time, the McPherson fans, some of them that don't go to many games during the season, everybody comes out, and it's loud, and it's very it's a it's a ten point start to me at the start of the game. All right, Steve, let's take our first break on our show this afternoon. We've got a lot of things still to get to. First, 
let's talk about college basketball, and then we can translate into or transition into what's coming up in the NFL and one of the biggest moves that has been made so far this offseason. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Zell. Steve, it was another heated night of college basketball last night. I didn't realize how good the games were going to be, and it would have been nice if that would have happened on a night like tonight where you and I were not having games, but we got to see the end of a lot of games last night as soon as the Bullpups were done. K-State picked up a great come-from-behind win in the second half at Texas. We saw one of the craziest comebacks of the year and the craziest comeback of Coach K's career as Duke went to Louisville and won. We saw my Arkansas Razorbacks fold in the final seconds and, and look terrible. Steve, it was a great night of college basketball, but first let's talk about the team that you've been talking about a lot, and you've been getting a lot of comments from people out in the streets that are thinking maybe you're jinxing them. But I wrote K- a column about it today, in fact. But K-State finds a way to continue to keep winning. They've won nine games in a row, and that means that they have beaten every team in the Big 12 in this stretch. As K-State, they've also been road warriors. What a huge win for them last night. Yeah, they've only lost one game in conference play. They only have three road games left in the conference. Uh, West Virginia, KU, and Oklahoma, I believe. No, I'm sorry. Uh, West Virginia, TCU, and KU, I think, are the three games left on the road. So uh, they're in great position. They're two games clear of everybody in the loss column. Uh, I I wrote my column. I had a a friend of mine who's a K-State fan. He came down. He says, you know – We've always been friends, but you said on the show that K-State's going to win the Big 12, and you're like, you know, you're a jinx, you're the kiss of death. Well, it doesn't matter all the power I have. K-State's overcoming my power because they're playing great basketball. Uh, went to Texas. Texas has been really good at home this year. K- or K-State found a way to get it done, ends up winning by seven. They were down uh, in the first half, I know. They were down by four at halftime. Yeah, they are down four at the half. They didn't have Cartier Zada. And uh, Steve's favorite player. Yeah, but, well, my other favorite player, Xavier Sneed, really picked it up last night. 16 points, 8 rebounds. And like I said in my column, I think he's the X factor because you know what you're going to get from Dean Wade. You know what you're going to get from Barry Brown. You know what you're going to get from Kamau Stokes. But Xavier Sneed. The X factor. Yeah, the X-man is the X factor. There you go. He's kind of up and down, but when he's good, he's really good. But he's always good against KU, it seems like. For K-State, these next three games, well, Saturday against Iowa State at home will be a tough game, but the two that follow that next week are easier games for them. On the road at West Virginia, which normally is a tough place to play, but West Virginia is falling apart. Huggy Bear is having a tough year in his track suits. Yeah, his best player is hurt, and he just kicked off two starters, so... I just don't think they have much left. And then Oklahoma State at home, and then that matchup on the road at Lawrence. And I still continue to say that that's going to determine whether K-State wins the Big 12 outright or not. Oh, you know, it'd be be K-State's year. If they sweep the season series from Kansas... Then it's their year, for sure. Exactly, and I don't know when the last time... Well, they 
hardly beaten KU any years, but but I don't know when the last time was K State won home and away. I'm sure it was. It's been a lot, a lot of years, at least probably 20. Who was the coach that ran the triangle offense? Tex Winter. It might have been back in his days. Yeah, it very well could have been. And uh, back when they had Steve Honeycutt, uh, Seifert was, Lynn Seifert was playing. Uh, you know, they, All of my favorite players. Yeah, Michael Evans or Chucky Williams, maybe. Oh, my favorite. The Purple Pop Gun. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, it's been a long time since K-State swept KU. If they're ever going to do it, this is the year. Also, a crazy year of or a crazy night of college basketball last night. You had Kentucky losing at home to LSU on a tip in at the buzzer. Did you see the picture of Papa John no. sitting in the stands? No, but anytime Kentucky gets beat, I'm happy. Now Papa John, remember, he was a big Louisville guy. Yeah. And Papa John, I guess, is no longer with Papa John's. No, he got in some kind of mischief. Well, I think he might have said some some questionable things on a right. on a phone call. But right. anyway, he has switched his allegiance really? to Kentucky. He's wearing a big Kentucky shirt, and maybe that's the the, the the curse for the Wildcats is they had Papa John in the stands. And and people think I'm the curse for K-State. I can't touch Papa John. Papa John's kind of creepy. Yeah, he he, he walks around with his slicked back hair. Oh, yeah, he thinks he's Pat Riley. I think him and Patino probably were really good friends. Mm-hmm. It, might, it might have been Papa John's restaurant that, you know. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, anyway, Kentucky lost at home. Then Penn State beats Michigan, and Michigan had been almost unbeatable all year long, and Penn State is, well, Penn State. Yeah. <laughs> they're 9-15. and 15, Yeah, they're And ne- Michigan went there and lost. Yeah, Penn State is just never any good. And then we had maybe the game of the night with Duke going to Louisville. No Papa John in the house, of course. Yeah. But Duke was down big. They were down 23 points in the second half. And everybody, I get on social media and they're saying, oh my gosh, Duke is going down. Who says that Zion Williamson's that good? Cam Reddish, oh, he's terrible. R.J. Barrett. Throw him back into high school level, he's so bad. But all of a sudden, Duke is Duke. And speaking of teams that can just turn it on wow. whenever they want to be good, Duke storms back. They win the game in Louisville, and I'm sure all the Cardinal fans were just disgusted. But Steve keeps saying, I think Duke's going to win the national I championship. I really do. I really believe that. Even though they don't have a lot of depth. I mean, Zion Williamson, he is a competitor. You know, in Forget all the talent he's got, his crazy athleticism. The Did guy, you see the video of him blocking that three-pointer yeah, the other the, night? Yeah, the guy just competes. And and he's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. You know the New York Knicks are just dying to get him. Well, they are dying. They are dying. <laughs> I, who ended up – didn't they play last night? There was like Phoenix and them and – between the two of them, they'd lost like 31 games in a row or something. I didn't like see anything about the NBA yeah. last night, but I'm sure it was a disaster. Yeah. It's been a weird year for the NBA because yeah. LeBron's been hurt for a well, lot you of know, the year. You know, my take is I don't pay attention until May. Well, that's true. Because I think you got to pick it up a the, little bit. The never-ending basketball association. What about basketball? James Harden with his 500 consecutive games of scoring 30 points and taking 300 shots? I'll tell you what. You, you let any player take 35, 40 shots a game, they're going to score that much. I'm sorry. Well, they've been very good in this stretch, too. Yeah. So, as we look ahead to the rest of this season, and this is about the time that a lot of people start to really get into college basketball and really start to watch as a whole with a couple more weeks to go until we get to the conference tournaments and figuring out where everybody's going to end up, and then you get to Selection Sunday, you get into the tournament. Are you a Virginia believer? No. Why is that? There's just so many games where they can't score. Now, they play great defense, but... 
Not just great defense, unbelievable defense. But look what Duke did to him. Duke sliced and diced him. That's true. So I just I just think uh, you know they lost last they they took they became that first number one seed to lose to a sixteen. I kept worrying it was going to be KU that was going to get that honor. <laughs> they don't have to worry about that now. I think all number ones are breathing a sigh of relief now. That what about Tennessee? Are you a believer I like in the volunteers? Ten- I like Tennessee. I really do. And I think you know KU beat them earlier this year, but if they played them now, Tennessee would beat them. Yeah, that's 10. their one loss. Tennessee would beat them ten. What about Gonzaga? Are you buying stock in the Zags? No, I never do. Why not? Uh, I just never do. They're I, really good, Steve. I know they are, but I just I if they do, then more power to them. But more often than not, they disappoint. What about their Final Four run a couple years ago? They went, one, went to the national championship. One, one Final Four run. I mean, it's hard to do it. But when they've had all those good teams out there for 20 years, so I think it going back to John Stockton. Well, his son was on the team a couple years right, ago. he was. Gonzaga is really good, Steve. I'm they're, just telling you they're the real deal. Okay. Their two losses this year are to North Carolina and Tennessee. Well, they're going to be a number one seed. And they beat Duke. Duke's going to be a one seed. Gonzaga's going to be a one seed. Tennessee's going to be a one seed. and Virginia? Virginia, maybe. Yeah, possibly. What about a Big 12 team? No chance? No chance. Numbers just aren't good enough? And I've said it all year. I don't see any Big 12 team. Sweet 16 as far as any Big 12 team. What about Nevada? You buying stock in the Wolfpack? No. They've only lost one game this year. No. Come on, buy some stock. Mid-major, Steve. West Coast. No chance. Their only losses to New Mexico, which they lost by 27. Just, they just don't play. They don't play anybody. <laughs> the Martin Twins. Oh, yeah, Have you I seen know. them play? Oh, yeah. They're freaky. Yeah. All right, Steve, let's take our final break. When we come back, the big move of the day. And I'm sure all the Denver Broncos fans are starting to question their head man. <laughs> we'll take our final break. Be back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I saw a move today, and everybody is starting to find out more about it now as the NFL continues to keep everybody's attention. Oh, yeah. Even with everything else going on with basketball. But the big headline of the day is that your favorite team, the Denver Broncos. Not my favorite team. Well, my favorite team. They are just such a great organization. <laughs> so many great quarterbacks. Well, you know what? They decided to move on from maybe a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Case Keenum, who they really got on a great deal there. Ooh, they got and then decided to move on to Joe Flacco as they agreed to pick him up today. And I have just been very confused as the Broncos traded for Joe Flacco today. I'm very confused as to what they see in Joe Flacco that is different from Case Keenum, that's different from Paxton Lynch, who is different from Trevor Simeon. Brock Osweiler. Who is different from Brock Osweiler. What is going on with their quarterback evaluation? I don't know. And you know, Joe John- Flacco couldn't get on the field ahead of a rookie quarterback that could not throw the ball. Yeah. Joe Flacco is, you know, he's been hurt. 
He's a statue. You know, he can't run. He's probably, what, 33, 34 years old? Somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, he won a Super Bowl, like, eons ago. I can't remember when. He was... Thanks to a great defense. Yeah, with a great defense. A Hall defense. of Fame defense. I just... I have no idea, really. It's another... It's another Band-Aid for the quarterback position. Man. And they're going to... If they cut Case Keenum, that's a huge hit on their salary cap. I mean, that's a monster Ten hit. million dollars. Yeah. Boy, you can find some pretty good players for ten million dollars. There are a lot of free agent quarterbacks, or at least quarterbacks that we anticipate will probably move at some point during this offseason, whether it is Nick Foles, whether it's Ryan Tannehill, Tyrod Taylor, you've got Blake Bortles in this mix. There's a lot of quarterbacks on the move. Of the guys that I just mentioned, Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Tannehill, Nick Foles, where would you put Joe Flacco on that list? Fifth out of those five? He's middle of the pack. I mean... It's not what I'd, I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor than yeah. Joe Flacco. Yeah, I would too, because Tyrod Taylor can run. And Tyrod Taylor, we don't know how good he really is because he's never on a good team, but he seems to be a good athlete and a you know a decent passer. So yeah. Tyrod Taylor, and he's younger, Tyrod Taylor would have been a lot better pickup than Joe Flacco, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe John Elway sees something that you and I don't see. Yeah, he's real he's real great. Yeah. So the Broncos are going to have the tenth overall pick in the draft. And that would normally mean for a lot of teams that really need a quarterback, that's the spot where you can go get one. But Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray could be one of those guys, but probably not if they're going to go get Joe Flacco. This is not a quarterback deep draft. No. And maybe that's a little bit what the Broncos are seeing and saying, hey, we cannot depend on getting a quarterback in the draft. Let's go find somebody. And this trade, kind of like the Alex Smith trade last year, won't be official until March 13th, which I think is when the new league year begins. Right. But... The Baltimore Ravens trade Super Bowl MVP quarterback Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos. It makes me happy to see Chiefs rivals and teams that did so well in trades like this, while the Chiefs did so poorly, starting to flip the script a little bit. And, you know, the Broncos' defense has been tremendous like the last three or four years, but at some point they're not going to be tremendous. They've propped up the offense for a long time, and, I just, I just think this is not a great move. Joe Flacco was obviously very frustrated throughout this football season. You could see him on the sidelines of like the playoff game that they were playing at, I believe, the Chargers. Were they mm-hmm. playing the Chargers in that playoff game? And Lamar Jackson had about 13 passing yards, and they're in the fourth quarter. And there was obviously some frustration, and Baltimore Ravens fans were confused. I think everybody didn't know what to make of this situation. And maybe this move happening was coming for a long time. Because they had a tough decision to make, too. Because when they drafted Lamar Jackson, I remember when we had that conversation, Steve, it was draft time of last year, and I said, you know what, I think Lamar Jackson might be a good player. Yeah. And obviously the Ravens were thinking the same thing, and I think he will continue to get better. But they took a chance on a guy while they still had Joe Flacco. Yeah. Which made you start to think, maybe they don't have as much faith in him anymore. I I didn't think they did. So... The Broncos stealing all the headlines. Yeah. Great. It's good to see it. <laughs> John Elway, go ahead. Go get Joe Flacco. Who else can he pick up? Matt Castle. Yeah. You want to sign him? Mark Sanchez. Want to sure. bring in Mar- no, Wasn't Mark Sanchez already on the Broncos? Maybe for a cup of coffee. <laughs> Just keep bringing these guys in. Yep. You know what? You can even have Chase Daniel. Yeah. Who, who was the Chiefs backup this year? The Henny. guy that was on Chad the- Henney. Yeah, Chad Henney. Bring Chad Henney into Denver. Go ahead. Take them all there. John. <laughs>
All right, Steve, we'll wrap up today's show. Tomorrow on the show, we will have Big Jerry Fithian on to probably talk a little bit about Central Christian's Athletic Hall of Fame ceremonies again coming up over the weekend. We'll also be previewing everything else that's coming up over the weekend and give you a little update on the weather and the snow and hopefully some easy travels to Lawrence on Saturday. We hope so. We're hoping for that. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.